Welcome to the Horizon Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Hayes. This is a lifestyle elevation and personal development podcast for women over 40. In this podcast, we discuss topics that help you step into your best life and elevate that life. In this podcast, we talk health and weight loss, mindset shifts, and emotional well-being for women. Here, our focus is on long-term well-being and happiness and helping you to live optimally. Nothing is off limits as we discuss anything and everything that can help you live your best life. I'm going to leave quick fixes and facts behind and deal with the real you and the core issues that all women over 40 have to deal with and to help you feel excited about life. Both my guests and I will share our own experiences and how we have gotten where we are today, the things we've overcome, the things that have helped us, and also may help you. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, download, and leave a review. We would really love to hear from you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Horizon Podcast this week. Um, Again, I hope you guys have been enjoying this series where I have had so many amazing people, women come onto this show and give you so much uh, blessings and so much uh, input and mindset shifts that you can actually take throughout your week, throughout your day. You know, my goal is that when you leave this podcast, it's all about getting something at the end so you can tangibly take away uh, to live a better uplifting life. So today I have an amazing, amazing guest. Uh, for for you, her name is Emma Murphy, and uh, we are going to dive right in. We're going to talk about some a topic that's near and dear to both our hearts: um, emotional eating. So I'm going to let my host introduce herself, and you guys know that I do a quote of the week. So today I'm going to let Emma do the quote of the week um, to get started. Hold on, let me just make sure. Okay, yes, all right, we're recording. Just wanted to double check. Okay, Emma, get started, introduce yourself and give your quote of the week and we're going to get dive right into this. Thank you very much, Michelle, and I'm really delighted to be here today. Um, Yeah, the quote that I would like to use um, for this podcast is from Rumi and it is fear knocked at the door, love answered and no one was there. And that's because so many of our clients with emotional eating struggle with self-care and self-love. But I'm sure we're going to get back to that during the chat. Um, as you said, Michelle, I'm, my name is Emma Murphy. I'm here in Ireland. I am a dis- disordered eating specialist psychotherapist and over 10 years of working with clients in private practice, many, many hundreds of clients. I developed a time limited structured program called Eating Freely, which is specifically for adults who struggle with emotional eating and binge eating disorder. Awesome. Awesome. So that is amazing because you know, as someone who also deals with people with um, trying to be healthy, nutrition and food is such a huge part. And it's such an overwhelming, I think people get so overwhelmed by it. Um, when it comes to getting healthy, I mean, immediately your thought goes, what do I eat? And it's like, it becomes an obsession for people, right? So um, tell us, Emma, a little bit about... Um, and thank you for joining me all the way from Ireland, by the way. I love this. Absolutely love this. So what, give me a little bit of a backstory. Like what made you get into this field, especially? That's a really interesting question. Um, 
So I was working in small business development in the Chambers of Commerce. And the day after my 30th birthday, I walked down to the university, which was literally on the same block that I was working on during my lunch break. And I signed up for a four year degree in psychology starting that September. So my birthday is in April next month. Um, and that was it'll be, wow, 25 years ago uh, next month. So um, I went back to college to um, study psychology and I thought I wanted to be a clinical psychologist, but yeah. I was immediately drawn to the area of disordered eating. I was doing essays on it, researching it, you know, projects. And I did. I actually didn't know why, because although I had had friends who struggled with disordered eating when I was a teenager and I'd worked in an industry that had quite a, a lot of disordered eating in it, I had never personally suffered. And that's often a, a key you know, motivator for people to work in this area. So I didn't really know why I was drawn to it. But mm -hmm. as you mature as a therapist and you're going to your own counseling and you're attending supervision and you know, doing personal and professional development, um, a supervisor said it to me once. Basically, she said, you get the clients that you need. And mm -hmm. I share the personality type of uh, every client who struggles with emotional eating and binge eating disorder shares a personality type. And I also have that personality type. So although I've never had an eating disorder, I am perfectionistic, high achieving, all or nothing thinker. I'm either doing it all right or all wrong. Right. Um, I was a people pleaser. I found it very hard to say no or put my own need behind your uh, head of anybody else's. Um, I struggled to be assertive um, and I had, you know, boundaries were an issue. Um, I also had that constant negative critical voice in my head. You know, I was never good enough. I was never doing it well enough. You know, there was always something wrong. And they would be very common features um, and personality traits for clients with emotional eating and binge eating disorder it tends to be fairly universal. Also, in terms of who you are in your life, I am a, I'm mm -hmm. an eldest daughter. That's very common, too. So you yeah. take on responsibility at an early age. So, yeah, I, I am the client and the clients are me and I get them and I get how they operate in the world. Mm -hmm. And they kind of get me and how I want to help them. So anything I've done for my personal development, I've been able to bring into the work for the clients and it has also really helped them. So it's a real reciprocal relationship where there's a pair of us in it, so to speak. Wow, that is amazing because, and there's so many things that you you mentioned there that, you know, things like A, you know, the negative self-talk, B, people-pleasing, uh, C, you know, not being assertive. E, like, is it E or D? <laughs> D, <laughs> that's the word. D, things like, um, you know, um, letting people go through over your boundaries. So how does that correlate and get you where you now go down that path? Because you yourself, you says you didn't have a problem with the emotional eating part. But how do you see that those elements come into play when it comes to emotional eating yeah for sure um so one very common feature of clients who have who struggle with you know long-standing emotional eating and binge eating disorder and i want to be really clear michelle because there is a spectrum with emotional eating you know yeah we all eat for emotional reasons everybody does it so you know there's kind of normal emotional eating and then there is you know, emotional eating and binge eating disorder yeah. that's at a, a distressing yeah, level. Like, I had a bad day at work. I'm going to go home and have this big chunk of cake. But that's, I only do that like once a month. Okay. I don't, that's not, yeah. Yeah. So the, um, one of the very important things to understand is, you know, emotional eating and binge eating can, can develop 
as a self-soothing strategy or a self-regulation strategy in response to a trauma or a difficult experience. So a lot mm-hmm. of clients experience some kind of trauma in their past. And in the, in, in the absence of being able to turn to their caregivers, usually a parent or parents, because often mm-hmm. the trauma or the difficult experience was happening with one of the parents or between the parents. So, you know, that whole <laughs> yeah. dynamic. The child, who again is usually the eldest, taking on responsibility, and they just internalize their own problems, challenges, you know, um, difficulties, kind of wow. I deal with them myself. I can't trouble, you know, mom or dad, or, you know, I don't want to be a burden, or I don't want yeah, to yeah. You know, draw attention to myself because I don't want anything to kick off. Yes. And learn how to self soothe with food. Um, and that was, uh, you know, when I was doing my own training and had to go to counseling myself um, to two years of therapy as part of my training. Um, and, I, and I'm saying to myself, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. I, you know, nothing happened in my life. But I, I actually had a very serious trauma when I was younger and I, I had I didn't join the dots. And this is the thing with a lot of clients. They don't yeah. join the dots. So what happened yes. in the past is connected to what they're doing today. So yes. that's where a lot of it comes from. You know, as you mentioned that, um doing uh counseling yourself and amazing that you had to go through to therapy you know counseling yourself in order to be a counselor which is obviously it's great thank god i don't have to go through birthing a baby just to be a midwife (laughs) but i go through birth every day you know that rebirth so one of the things i wanted to touch on what you said there is not understanding a lot, a lot of, and even for my clients, the ones who I, I work with to maybe prevent disease or uh, at the moment they like need to lose weight and they don't know where and they don't know how. They can't seem to understand that at the where they are right now today, it may not be that. So explain to explain to us like, Okay, what is it about where we are today? And we think we need to know everything, but not understanding that there is a record that's playing in the background is so subtle that yeah. we don't hear it, but it's sabotaging us every move we make. Absolutely. Um, so if you have experienced a trauma and here in Ireland, you know, the top five traumas that, you know, our clients would regularly present with. So the, the, the top five issues would be obviously one or both parents having an issue with alcohol. And again, everybody in Ireland knows that, you know, everybody knows the Irish love drinking, but, you know, it actually has been a very serious problem in our culture for a long time. Yes, yes, yeah, so yeah. If, you had, if you had a parent who was an alcoholic, if you had, an, a, par- if you had a parent who was physically or mentally ill, uh, and often that was undiagnosed because mental health, honestly, in Ireland wasn't even invented until about the 1980s. I mean, it just didn't exist as a, as a concept. Wow, yeah, because people don't have that problem. You know, um, then if you had a any experience of any form of abuse, obviously, physical, emotional, mental and sexual abuse, that was also an issue, obviously. Um, you have people who are bullied. Um, so if you're bullied as a child and again, not often, not always bullied about your weight or your size, but quite often in Ireland, it was being bullied because you were poor. You were you were living mm-hmm. in poverty, maybe second hand clothes or couldn't afford the shoes or the school books or, you know, that was that was something that was quite common. And the fifth one, which I think is peculiar to Ireland, um, I know all nationalities and cultures would have experienced levels of those particular, you know, instances. But in Ireland, because we were a Catholic country, 
mm-hmm. a very Catholic country and ruled by the Catholic Church, to be honest. We had we didn't have contraception in this country, Michelle, until like about 1988. That's the yeah. truth. It was actually illegal to use contraception here in Ireland until the late 80s. And so when I grew up in the 60s and 70s, mothers were having literally a baby a year. Like literally it was steps stairs with the kid with the births. Wow. And yeah, so I went to school in rural Ireland where we had family. I was sitting next to kids in my class who had like nine and 30, 15 brothers and sisters. Like that was not unusual. And so a peculiar incident in Ireland was that one or more children in the family might have either died. Because <clears throat> again, TB, polio, they would have been, you know, around at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of things. So, you know, the grief that a parent maybe was experiencing, or the parents were experiencing about the death of a child, um, or a child having a disability and having to look after 15 other kids along with, you know, special needs. So our our client, the eldest daughter or eldest son, maybe in some cases, taking on inappropriate responsibility, you know, mm-hmm. having to look after maybe the younger kids uh, while mom looked after the older kids or or helping to shield the younger children from what was going on. If, say, dad was drinking or yeah. dad was killing or, you know, all of those things. And you can see there in, in all of those situations how the child takes on. Um, so there's poor boundaries because the child is, is, is crossing into adult, you know, behavior and having to take on adult responsibility at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not getting their normal emotional development, you know, that they would get, you know, if they just grew up, you know, in a normal, happy childhood where they got to be a child and a teenager and, you know. Yes, and yes, yes. Free. And also, if you've got alcohol or violence or unpredictability or illness you know uh, uh, in the family the rule can can often be like be quiet don't make a fuss don't you know don't upset mom don't upset dad don't Mm. try not to get dad to kick off you know so again the child becomes very good at reading the emotional temperature in the room in the family right right their needs and wants are very much put to the back burner while they make sure that everything is okay to keep the house functioning and the relationships functioning. Um, so that's where quite a few of the personality traits come from. If you mm. want to put it in, in, in simple language, that child was trained in a way to yes. pay more attention to other people's needs than their own. And yeah. they learned how to self-soothe and self-regulate with food, food with their friend, food with their comfort blanket. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, Emma, you have described some of my life there. Um, you understanding I'm from a family of 14. Wow. Right. And I am, I'm not the eldest, but I am the, the second to last child. Okay. And there is, there are things in there that you mentioned about instability, you know, like I watched my father, like with, um, he got diabetes at one point in time. And he got very depressed. So he wasn't present. And then I watched my mother, bless her heart, you know, being a mother to 14. And, you know, when it comes down to the last two, you know, she's older, everybody else, you know, other sisters and brothers have had kids and stuff. And so she was there, but she was not because, you know, now, you know, she's up that she's tired. I ain't, I'm not, I'm not blaming her. Like she's tired. She's a working mother. She's tired. She's having to take care of these children. And, you know, what you said there about reading the temperature in the room, getting into, it, getting into 
situations where because you had no oversight right nobody was yeah. paying attention so you're looking yeah. for attention from other places mm-hmm. and then you don't get that attention and then what do you do you start getting attention from the one thing that a doesn't judge you b yeah. doesn't uh, belittle you uh you don't have to stay quiet with it and do you find that when um people now become adults now and especially in those situations right where you may be in households where there's maybe lack on limitations and now they can afford. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is, is, do you find that is a problem for them or did, and they feel like out of control? A hundred percent. So you have a couple of different phenomenons there, Michelle. And you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting that you, you can relate to, to what I'm saying and understanding exactly, you know, where, where this all can come from. And, you know, your mom, you know, you had a, a, an experience where your mom experienced depression. And, and as you say, she was there, but she wasn't there. Your dad, he was there, but he wasn't there. And even your mom, she was there, but she wasn't there because she's worrying all the time and trying to look after 14 people, 15 people, you know, 16 people, she includes herself, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, very, very common. But yeah, if you, um, so there's two things that you, you touched on there. First of all, yes, you absolutely see people kind of I didn't have enough when I was younger I never got enough we never got treats there was never any money for treats so I treat myself now um and I'll have the you know I'll buy the, the food and I'll buy the expense and I have it because I never had them when I was a child so you know and also that thing about finishing everything and eating everything and eating everything on your plate and not letting anything go to waste and you know a lot of those old family rules are still being played out and while we can justify them, you know, economically, maybe by saying, well, we're not going to waste money or, you know, we're not going to throw food away. Actually, are you nourishing yourself or punishing yourself mm. when you overeat uh, because of some old rule that applied in an old environment that is no longer <laughs> the environment that you live in? So that's the first thing. The other thing that you've touched on, which is important, and I just did a workshop with a, a lot of professionals there last week, um, my first in-person workshop for about three years after lockdown and everything. So it was great. Oh, to wow. back in- Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, and 15 of us in a room together. It was very exciting. But um, one of them actually brought up a client that she was working with at the moment. And this client, she said, literally, this client forgets to eat. She doesn't eat because when she was young, they, they were brought up in poverty and often there wasn't enough food. And, there, you know, she might have only eaten one once a day um, and it wouldn't have even been very good food, maybe sometimes. Um, and so this client was very difficult to um, to support her into self-care where mm-hmm. she maybe set alarms to remind herself, you know, to eat three times a day. Mm-hmm. Because now she can. She has the money. The food is there. There's no issue. Like she doesn't live in poverty anymore. But to to override that um, neural pathway of there isn't enough food or I just won't look for food or I, I, I'm ignoring my hunger cue. But then she's like really hungry at night. So then when she can eat or she gives herself permission to eat or she remembers to eat, she overeats. So right. hunger is actually one of her triggers for binge eating. Yes. And we often see that with people who are dieting as well. Unconsciously, they don't realize that they are actually under eating to an extent that their body is mm-hmm. saying, uh, sorry, we need to eat now. And, you know, now we're going to stuff ourselves. Because everything. You're starving me all the time. And I don't know when I'm going to get my next meal, you know, and, you know, you're not feeding me enough. And so hunger is a very common trigger for binge eating. And that's a very difficult one to untangle because, of course, the diet culture for so many years, yes. has, you know, to cut calories and to weigh food and to cut down and to cut out mm-hmm. and to deprivation. And, you know, it's supposed to be painful and hard. 
and you know nothing tastes as good as skinny feels and all of those messages yes they are very very damaging messages Yes. And you know, it's just so true because so many times when I get clients that come to me and we, we do like an assessment and, you know, I send them like a, just document to me three days of what you eat and it comes back or we talk about it or we talk about literally what do you eat in a day? And I often have to say to them, and I had to learn this myself. I often have to say you are not eating enough. When you think about what you are eating, you are not eating enough. And then I had a client as well. She said, but I only eat once a day. I'm like, yeah, you eat once a day. And why am I not, why am I still gaining weight? I says, because you, you actually are starving your body. So it's, how do then some, do we, we have to retrain, right? It's like, almost like a, a, a brain, as you said, you mentioned the neural pathway and I can gig out on this stuff all day. Yeah. <laughs> right. So tell me, how do we then talk to, uh, talk through someone to kind of retrain just, just as one simple method of retraining. Uh, I, I mean, it's a long process, especially yeah. with emotional eating because there's so many other things that we have to touch on when it comes to emotional eating, but how do we start the process? Okay. So the first thing, and this is, this is literally what we do day one um, with our clients. So the very first session we introduce um, a tool called the HALT chart and HALT is an acronym and it stands for, so H is, was I hungry? So when you're looking back, why did I binge? Why, why did that happen? Yes. Was I hungry? That's the first question. So often you are actually not eating enough and you really need to be eating. It does, there's no getting away from it. You yes. know, average woman needs to be eating about 1800 calories a day. Now we don't do calorie counting or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, but, you yeah. know, most diets will try and have somebody sticking to something like 1200 calories a day. That's definitely not enough. Like that is definitely not enough food for anybody to function on all day. It just isn't. Um, yes. And it doesn't, you can say, well, you know, my body's going to use up the fat or it, it doesn't work like that. Yes. Um, because if you don't eat enough food every day, you're putting your body under stress. When your body is under stress, it produces cortisol. And when it's producing cortisol and it's under stress, it goes into fight or flight. And the last thing it's thinking about is metabolizing your food. So <laughs> you actually gain weight when you're weight, in yes. a situation of constant stress. Yeah. So where, was I hungry? You actually, ironically, have to eat more food to, to be able to lose weight, but it has to be just the right food. So the right food. That's it right there. <laughs> eat more nutritionally dense food, and then you will eat less of the rubbish food. Yes. So that's the first one. Was I hungry? A then was, was I angry? Was I anxious? Or was I avoiding something? So mm -hmm. We are getting into the emotional triggers. What happened? Well, is it the day you drop around to see your mom on your way home from work? Is it the day that you have your multidisciplinary meeting in work? Is it yeah. the day that, you, know, you have the play date with the parent that's really passive aggressive? Is it, you know, what happened that made you angry or anxious or what are you avoiding? Okay. Yes. L then, am I lonely or bored? Now, you can mm -hmm. imagine during lockdown and COVID, loneliness was oh, a yeah. huge trigger for people. But loneliness and boredom, um, a lot of people use the word bored but they're not actually bored. It's just that they don't actually have a word or vocabulary mm -hmm. for their feelings. So they yeah, just don't have yeah. that, that, that vocab. They don't have the words. Mm -hmm. So loneliness or boredom can be, can be triggers. And it's just for somebody to say, even if they tell me like it's boredom, then 
we're able to unpack that a little bit and kind of you know explore that yeah. again only yes going on yeah a lot of clients are isolating themselves because you know they're so unhappy with their body and they don't want to eat in front of other people and they stop going out so you know that's yeah. another thing and then t was i tired so again am i not putting enough fuel in my tank mm-hmm. was i tense? and that includes pmt so you know a lot of women yeah for one week of the month you know i eat all around me i just i can't stop eating carbs you know it's all it's all sugar 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 and you know we have to look at that too like can we do something to balance out the hormones so that you're not getting that big trigger you know one week a month yeah um then the final t which is really important important is is it a treat and was i treating myself and often that's sabotage because it's like i've had a really good day so i'll treat myself now and they don't do all the good work or i've had a really good week so I'm going to treat myself now, but actually, you know, it's, it's sabotage. And is it really a treat? Because if you go to, a, if you go beyond a certain point with the treating of yourself, again, it's not nourishing, it's punishing because you beat yourself up afterwards. You won't feel better, you know? So there's a lot to unpack there, but HALT is the acronym. Hungry, angry, anxious, avoiding, lonely or bored and tired, tense or treat. Okay. Well, that's great guys. And we're going to put that acronym in the show notes. So, Um, that way, if you are looking at yourself today and you're thinking, maybe I need some help with this, or maybe I, I do this, um, then you can look at this and see which ones that you are going through the emotions that you're going through. And it is not a bad thing when you self-evaluate, um, again, it is so, I wish that I had learned a lot of these things in my twenties or in my thirties. Fortunately, I have the next half of my life after 40 now to learn a lot of things. Like at, at our age, like people think that at 40, you know, you're, you're like over the hill and you can't learn anything. But really, actually, you have like, I think we discussed this before, Emma, where we say that we have like most of our lives now ahead of us. So we now have a lot of learning to do. And what about if you can take this part now and say to yourself, you know what? I have a lot of learning. If I learn this now, what amazing life am I going to have for the next 30 years? I can leave off so many of this worry and fear and doubt and, and anxiety and tension and hatred of myself and live a better life. So what are some daily habits for you that you, you think that somebody can start incorporating um, I, I, you know, asking yourself the question, the halt question, but maybe just like t- two other daily habits that people that you kind of say, okay, because we have to start small. Yeah. We, that's the thing. And this is a lot of thing. I don't know if it, you see this as well. People just want to get it done. Right. Yeah. Because there's no quick fix if you've been binge eating for 25 years. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but there's just no getting around that. Like, no eight week, you know, lose a stone in a month plan yeah. is going to. Solve, you, know. you don't have a one meditation fix it. <laughs> I wish. If I had that, Michelle, I'd be living in a hammock in Aruba by now. Um, no, I. So the two daily habits that you that that people could bring in. So yes, first of all, using the HALT acronym. So every time you do emotions or binges, ask yourself those four questions. Begin to join the dots on the triggers because mm-hmm. what you need to work on is reducing the triggers so that you're reducing the episodes of emotional eating. Okay. Um. The second thing then is it's really interesting about weight loss. So you know a lot of people want to lose weight. Why do you want to lose weight? 
Now, apart from if your health is in critical danger and you yeah. actually have to lose weight immediately or, you know, you're going to die. Yeah. Kind of thing, yeah. Really, the reason people want to lose weight is not to achieve the state of being two stone lighter or five stone lighter. You know, it's actually how they think they're going to feel when they reach that goal weight. OK, yeah. so you don't actually have to lose the weight to feel that way. So, mm. you know, we're all about in eating freely. We're all about separating food from feelings yeah. and then obviously separating the past from the present if the trauma piece is, is part of the problem. So instead of um, saying, when I lose the weight, then I'll be able to do this, that and the other. And, you know, yes. I'll be so, and I'll be so confident and I can change jobs and go for the promotion and meet somebody and have a baby and, da, 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 and the whole life, your whole life is on hold. Until yeah. You lose yeah. Whilst you wait. To set an intention every morning for how you want to feel. No. Because it's not dependent on your weight. So today, my intention is to be confident. Mm -hmm. You know, so to be confident today. So what would a confident person do in this situation in work? What would a confident person do in this situation with the passive aggressive mother at the school gates? What would a confident person do? So to set that intention of being confident, and your weight doesn't have to change by one pound in order mm -hmm. for you to to gain a little bit more confidence by doing something like that. So setting a feeling intention every day. And if you need to set an alarm in your phone for halfway through the day to remind you and just, you know, call the alarm, remember your intention, because it's hard to do this at the beginning. You have to a prompt. But maybe set an alarm just to remind yourself halfway through the day. So that's the second one that I would I would advise. And then the third one is another question that we use all of the time. And again, we want to take out the calorie counting, the dieting, the, you know, none of that matters. Mm. But you ask yourself at every at every point of decision where you're either going to eat or not eat and I mean so either eat either well or not well or mm -hmm. not eat for good or you know poor reason yeah. is this decision I'm making to eat or not eat right now nourishing or punishing me ah yes and you yeah. strip everything else away and it's are you nourishing yourself or punishing yourself in this moment and that applies to you know a cup of coffee and two biscuits mm -hmm. can be um, nourishing but a mm -hmm. cup of coffee and two packets of biscuits is punishing yeah. and be punishing yeah absolutely so thank you for that i i appreciate it and um i will write those out as well and put those in the show notes as well so i guess i wanted to ask a question maybe maybe we should have started with this but if you're all the way into this podcast right now and you're like here right now this is a good place for you right now can you give us a definition? Because we talk about emotional eating and we talk about binge eating. And you mentioned that it's really kind of not the same thing. What do you term? What is a definition of emotional eating and, and binge eating? Okay. So first of all, emotional eating, everybody emotionally eats. So as you say, you've had a bad day, you know, you come home and you say, I'm going to have, I'm not going to cook the dinner I had prepared. I'm going to have a takeout. I'm going to treat myself. You know, that's, you know, I can do that. I can say I'm going to have, you know, a couple of glasses of wine and, you know, family sized bag of chips. And that's emotional eating. Mm -hmm. um, the, the difference between when I, you know, emotionally eat is I don't beat myself up afterwards. Right. I, I only do it, you know, every so often. So, you know, as you say, maybe once a month or, you know, it doesn't happen on a regular basis. So everybody eats, eats for emotional reasons. And, you know, usually, you know, you're doing it. You're, you're OK with it. And you get up the next day and you get on with your life and it's fine. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of normal emotional eating, if you like. 
where it becomes a problem or moves into binge eating disorder. So binge eating disorder is defined by like binge eating is eating um, a large amount of food in a short amount of time. And that yeah. normally amount of large amount of food in a short period of time. Um, eating far more quickly than normal. So you're eating, you know, you're eating very, very fast. Um, you're usually doing it in secret. Mm. So, uh, you're out in the kitchen while the rest of the family is in the living room or you go out in your car, you know, to buy food and do it all over by the shop and put all the wrappers in the bin and drive home again. Nobody knows about it. Or everybody goes to bed, you come back downstairs, night eating, you know, coming back downstairs to eat after everybody else has disappeared. Um, so eating in secret, eating far more quickly than normal, eating until you're uncomfortably full. Um, and the, the key here is the feelings. Feelings of disgust, shame, remorse, anger, mm. and hatred of self. If you feel those feelings after it, that's the difference between normal emotional eating and emotional eating or binge eating disorder that is a problem. And the other thing that is really important is when it's binge eating, often the person you know has this feeling of being, it's almost like an out-of-body experience or that they're out of control yeah. during the episode. So again, if I'm having my bottle of red wine and my bag of chips I'm not I'm not out of control and I don't feel I'm not having an out-of-body experience I know what I'm doing so they're the they're the two key things that there's that feeling of being out of control or that it's an out-of-body experience um hitting all of those markers too quickly too full uh, in secret you know and then feeling really strong feelings of like guilt shame disgust anger hatred of self you know that those feelings that's what proper diagnosable emotional eating or binge eating disorder is okay perfect thank you so much so as if somebody is listening to this right now and they're like you know what michelle emma i am going through this right now um what was one of the i mean one of the we give you some tips to deal with well what is one of the first things that you think somebody should do right now especially i want to say categorically that when you feel in, when you have this feeling of guilt, shame, remorse, um, disgust with oneself, you, you obviously you need to take that to somewhere. You need to, you need to, that is important that you deal with that because the longer it goes on, yeah. I, I don't know. It's like you, 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 you dimming your own self. And oh, if you recognition right now, what is one thing that somebody can do right now to say, okay, I, I, you know, Emma, I hear you. What can I do? So, you know, I, I, I quoted Rumi at the beginning, which was fear knocked at the door, love answered and no one was there. So much of these behaviors are driven by fear. Um, and so much of our clients, you know, lack the ability uh, of true self-care. They really don't know how to take care of themselves, you know, on a deep level because everybody else comes first and the perfectionistic and putting themselves under pressure and the negative critical voice. So um, straight away, just using, first of all, the HALT chart questions like you write those down, write down your HALT acronym. And, and every time you do eat, have a look at what happened. How were you triggered? What was going on? And where were you not taking care of yourself in that situation? And how can you take better care of yourself so that those things don't happen again? Using the nourish versus punish question. So this is all DIY. You know, people can start working yeah. on it on their own if that's all they can do. At least they've got tools and, and, and you know, yes. a couple of things that they can use. 
So that question, will this nourish me or punish me, is a really, really powerful question. It sounds so simple, and yet actually it, there's layers to it, you know. So yeah. taking care of yourself and loving yourself enough, you know, to want to change this and, and to, want to, to want to give yourself the chance of a better, healthier, happier life. Um, and if somebody does want to get help, so if they want to reach out and get help, again, we try and make it as accessible as possible. So you can do like, this is a card deck that I've developed. It's the four energies of emotional eating. It's available on Amazon. Um, that is a card deck that you can buy. And just working through that card deck, once you buy it, um, you'll also get a link to a PDF journal. And just using the cards and journaling, you could go a long way yourself towards you know, helping yourself kind of resolve part of this. If you need more structured help and support, so I now train other practitioners to work with the Eating Freely program, which is the specialist program that I developed. And we have a list of practitioners on our website that people can um, access and work with either online or in person. And we have a couple of different options, you know, depending on, you know, whether people can pay or not. So, look, we are a private organization. We're not funded. So, you know, it does cost. Um, but if, if somebody has the means to, to go to a therapist, that is certainly something that I would consider as well. But please. If you are going to get help, whether it's free or funded or you're paying for it yourself, just make sure that they know what they're doing, that they have specific training in um, emotional eating and binge eating disorder. That's very important because often practitioners with the best will in the world, they can sometimes do more harm than good because they'll say, you know, go and join Weight Watchers or there's a food pyramid or, you know, and yeah, that, that's not where our clients need to start. That's not um, where our clients need to go. I mean, my, as a, a health coach, as somebody who deals with nutrition as someone who helps people lose weight. I am really about longevity, right? I'm really about people understanding to change their lives for the, the long term. And yeah. fortunately or unfortunately it does start with your habits and your behaviors. And when yeah. digging deep into habits and behaviors, where those come from, yeah. it's so important. Um, and so I, you know, your work sounds amazing. And again, Thank you. We're going to put, again, we're going to put the link for that card deck for, where you can get it on Amazon um, and how you can reach out to, to the website because I feel that it is important that if you believe that you you have a, a emotional eating, especially when it comes to more on the point of what Emma described, where we all have emotional eating, right? We all have those days where we're like, yeah. I'm just going to do <laughs> I am going to have this loaf of bread right now and then tomorrow wake up and the the thing I want to attach to that is and it it's something that I had to get a hold of too guys so it's not like I'm talking out of turn here yeah. it's about understanding that yes if I have this four six eight slices of bread today because that is what my body feels like I don't attach a feeling of shame or guilt to it right. you know Shame is a is a devastating thing to live with, right? Because shame means that I am doing something so wrong, yeah. Right, I'm doing something so wrong. I have to hide because when you think about shame, you think about people hiding, yeah. right? This is why why when you get to that phase, I guess when it's come to the binge eating, you hide because you feel shame, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so if you're at that point, I, I really want to say, reach out to either myself, reach out, um, Emma's information is on, is in the show notes, reach out to someone, and even if it's just for conversation. Yeah. 
even if it's just for a conversation to say, is this really what's going on with me? You know, it may not be. It may be that, you know, there's something else going on. Um, so reach out. So Emma, tell, again, go over and tell people how they can reach out to you, how they can, or, or where they can follow you, what social media, and some resources that we have that people can actually get a little bit more information about you. And, um, you know, being Irish and you in America, this is going to go around the world so many places. Like, we just want to connect with everybody. So, guys, Emma is going to share how you can reach out to her. So our website is eatingfreely.com. Um, so just visit the website and you, you'll find a, there's a tab there called find a practitioner. So if you're looking to work with somebody either in person or online, um, you can check that out there and make a, you just book a discovery call with one of our, our practitioners with no obligation and just have that chat um, yeah. and just see where you're at and what's going on to you. And if there's any way that they can help. Um, also, uh, to get the card deck, the four energies of emotional eating, and you can look that up on Amazon and Michelle, you'll share links to that. Now, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, we're just trying to tidy it up a bit at the minute, but it's help for emotional eating. And I, one of the types of videos that I do is actually card pulls. So I pull the cards and chat about them on the channel. Um, so that's somewhere that you can look as well. Um, and I am on LinkedIn also, Emma Murphy, psychotherapist, um, on Insta, I am Emma Murphy underscore eating freely. And on Facebook, I am eating freely. So it's eating freely. Um, so yeah, any of those places, you'll be able to find us. If you go onto our website, you should be able to get the links to all our other socials. Right. Uh, I am on TikTok as well, randomly. Um, I don't do it very often. Uh, I'm trying to get better at it. <laughs> what do you do on TikTok? I, I go on TikTok, like somebody sent me a message on TikTok. Are you on TikTok anymore? I'm like, I'm just trying to keep up with can't keep up with everything but hey if you find us on tiktok say hi okay absolutely <laughs> um, so before you before you you go emma what what is in the future for you what is in the future for you yeah, so we've got a big hairy goal um we actually want to um you know build out the world's leading network of emotional and binge eating specialists to make sure that anyone anywhere can get the help that they need when they need it. This is a very under talked about topic. Um, a lot of medical professionals and even you know and, and mental health professionals and coaches don't understand it, don't know how to work with it correctly. And that's what I'm on a mission to do is to actually educate health um, providers to know how to help clients who are struggling with emotional eating, binge eating, and take that shame out of it, Michelle, so the people can talk about it, ask for help, and get the get the help that they need. So ah. it's no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. So, uh, you know, I am here with Emma. So I am, I am going to be carrying that torch as well, because honestly, honestly, in the work that I do, you can tell that food is so emotional. Food is an emotional topic. We do everything with food. We celebrate with food. When some, when something bad happens, we, we, we commiserate with food. If we haven't I mean, you can have a one a party for your one-year-old and there's so much food. Like you're like, the one-year-old is still drinking milk. Why do we have all this food? Food yeah. is part of our lives and um, it can take control over so much of our lives. Um, so I am here also to talk to you guys if you need guidance. Um, if you need direction, I can point you again to where you need to go 
to Emma's website so you can find a provider. Is your provider network all over the world, Emma, or is it just in um, Ireland? So we're in Ireland, the UK, the USA. Um, we have someone in South Africa. We've got someone in Singapore. And we've got people training at the moment with us. We've got somebody in Iran, which is very exciting. Somebody in Dubai. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're getting out there. But we do have providers in the States. So um, I presume a lot of your audience are in the US, Michelle. And certainly we have, um, we have a growing number of practitioners in the US as well. But as I say, most of our practitioners also work online. So geography is not a problem. Geography is not a problem. Perfect. So thank you again so much, Emma. I like I can go on about this topic for so so much, and you have brought a lot of insight. Thank you for your your um, time. And guys, I hope go on to um, Apple and leave a review for Emma. Subscribe and download. Hit those five stars because I think we need to take this message far further. Share it with your friends. Share it on your social media. Wherever you go, call your family, listen to it. And this is not just for, um, for, for, for women over 40. We have this as an endemic situation, even as in young boys and girls, because we're seeing where they were now having things like more diseases, like diabetes and all of this stuff that's coming through. Because we are no longer in a world where we have a food scarcity in most respects, but there's other things that's causing us to have pr problems with emotional eating and binge yeah. eating and erection nervosa. There's so many different things, you know, there's so many different spectrums. So okay. share it, leave a message. And again, my name is Michelle Hayes. I'm your coach. I am a, a health coach, nutritional, nutritional, I, nutritional coach. Now I just completed my nutrition certification so which is good so i can better understand about nutrition so i can help more people you know i have a process that we go through that we can help ever anyone to get to where they need to get to please reach out for help so that we can get you to where you need to be and as emma mentioned today set the intention set your intention of what you want to to, to today to be there is a, a a thing that i do it's called be, do, have, right? So today I want to be, right? And because I want to be, I can do X, Y, Z. Do I do my hair up a little different? Do I, you know, put on a little gloss? Do I wear a bright color, right? And then I can have, because if I be it and I do it, I can have it. So guys, um, thank you again for being here. Join us again for the next episode of the Horizon podcast where we can share some tips how to so you can elevate your life and elevate your thinking elevate your mindset and live the most amazing life today thank you again emma for being here i appreciate your 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 help and hey we might have to do this again i am sure thanks for having me michelle i really appreciate it take care everybody <laughs>